All right, thank you for that. Appreciate that. If you have your Bibles, open up to Philippians chapter number 2. I've been doing a short series on not the entire book of Philippians. Our goal is not to go through the whole book of Philippians, but rather just to find the joy through the book of Philippians that Paul wrote about. And uh, as I've mentioned several times, that the word joy or gladness or rejoice uh, is mentioned some 18 or 19 times throughout the book of Philippians. And I would remind us that, as I have each time, that uh, Paul wrote this from a jail cell at Rome. And uh, it's kind of funny, um, but, but a guy in a jail cell is reminding the Philippian Christians of what they have to rejoice about. And, uh, and so truly we can take that as an inspiration, uh, a help, a blessing, and an encouragement to our hearts And so this evening I want to preach on a joyful heart in Philippians chapter number 2. And uh, before we get there, the Bible says in the book of Proverbs in several different places, it says, heaviness in the heart of man maketh it stoop, but a good word maketh it glad. It says in another place, a merry heart maketh a cheerful countenance, but by sorrow of the heart the spirit is broken. Then it says in another part in in Proverbs again, A merry heart doeth good like medicine, but a broken spirit drieth the bones. And uh, and so we ought to have, uh, we ought to realize or recognize rather that joy, uh, I like the last one there, a merry heart doeth good like medicine. Uh, Boy, there's something about just being joyful. You ever, you be around, whenever you're around those people, there's some people that are just really enjoyable to be around. They, you, they make you laugh, you smile. I like to laugh, uh, I like to smile, and, uh, and it's joyful to be around those kind of, kind of people. And that, the Bible kind of confirms that in saying, A merry heart doeth good like medicine. It really does. And so, uh, so thinking about this and the idea of joy, we understand, of course, uh, that we, we don't have to constantly be rolling with laughter. Uh, but it's no doubt that happiness, joy, gladness is certainly healthy. And, uh, and sadness and depression, discouragement will certainly dry the bones. Uh, and it will cause health issues in all reality. And uh, it's interesting, the day is darkest just prior to some sunrise. But when the sun comes up, what a day it'll be. And what a, what a, what a bright uh, time it is. I always have loved the sunrise. So in Philippians chapter number 2, verse 25, the Bible says this, Yet I supposed it necessary to send to you Epaphroditus, my brother and companion in labor and fellow soldier, but your messenger, and he that ministered to my wants. For he longed after you all, and was full of heaviness, because that ye heard that he had been sick. For indeed he was sick, nigh unto death, but God had mercy on him. And not on him only, but on me also, lest I should have sorrow upon sorrow. I sent him therefore the more certain, the more carefully, that when ye see him again, ye may rejoice, and what I may and that I may be the less sorrowful. Receive him therefore in the Lord with all gladness, and hold such in reputation, because for the work of Christ he was nigh unto death, not regarding his life, to supply your lack of service towards me. 
Let's stop right there and let's pray. Father, we thank you for today. We thank you for your goodness to us. And God, I pray that you would uh, help us to see the joy, Father, that is in this passage. And, and God, the joy that we can have uh, in serving you. God, I pray as we read and study this and we look at this passage, God, I pray that you'd use me. I pray, Father, that you'd speak through me. God, I pray that you would touch each and every heart. And God, may we find uh, joy and gladness and rejoicing, Father, in our service towards you. And God will thank you for that. In Jesus' precious name we pray, amen. As we look at this passage, uh, I went over it several times and, and uh, I was thinking in my mind a lot about it as I studied over this passage and, and just trying to figure out uh, what, what the uh, message would be through this passage. And, and obviously, you look at it and just from a story aspect, uh, certainly Epaphroditus was sent to uh, Paul and he went to Paul and he was ministering to Paul while he was there in prison and while he's there uh, he ends up getting sick and then he ends up going back to Paul I guess he got better and they send him back rather to the Philippians not to Paul to the Philippians and of course they they rejoice and I, re I picture this great reception that they had for Epaphroditus as they welcome him back to Philippi and and of course I could see I could just imagine them all sitting down and saying hey tell us every part of your trip tell us what happened tell us how Paul is tell us how you got sick and just talking to him uh, for for a great amount of time as they would sit there. And I could kind of picture all of that, and you can see how Paul says to them, he said, I sent you unto him that you may rejoice, and then he says in verse 29, receive him therefore in the Lord with all gladness, which I'm sure was not difficult for them. And so as I was thinking about that, I thought, how does this bring us joy, and how is this, uh, how can this really apply to us in 2021? And the first thing that I believe uh, is relevant for us, and that is good out of this text, is, is that there's an investment in ministry. There's an investment in ministry. If you look there in verse number 25, Paul starts out this passage, and he says there in verse 25, yet I suppose it necessary to send to you Epaphroditus my brother and companion in labor and fellow soldier, but your messenger and he that ministered to my wants. In other words, we understand and we get the idea in verse 25 that Epaphroditus was there ministering to Paul, but he had been sent from Philippi. They had taken and sent Epaphroditus to minister under Paul. Now, as Paul describes him here, Paul says, listen, he was a great blessing to me. And you see all the words that he gives there in verse 25. He says, hey, he's my brother. In other words, I count him as family unto me. Uh, he came and he's been a, a help and he's been just like a brother for me. Not only that, but he goes on and he says, uh, a companion in labor. In other words, he's taken it upon himself to help me with the ministry and with the labor uh, that I'm doing here. So he's a companion in labor. And then he says, hey, he's a fellow soldier. In other words, he's uh, willing to fight the battles for the Lord Jesus Christ. And he's willing to engage and to, uh, to, to, to be involved in this ministry. And as we think about this, that was, that was the, the, the people at Philippi, the Christians, that was their investment sending Epaphroditus to Paul. And so you think about all the blessing that, that Epaphroditus was to Paul. 
The Bible says in Proverbs 25 and verse 25, As cold waters to a thirsty soul, so is good news from a far country. As a missionary in Peru and even in Italy, uh, there were times that, uh, boy, you'd go, go for a while and, and it was just good to hear something from back home. We had this church that would write us every now and then, and uh, I don't even know if they financially supported us, but I know they prayed for us, because every now and then it was, I don't know, you'd go six months, you'd go a year, and, and they'd send us this three-by-five card, and on this card uh, was written down all of our prayer requests that we had written in, in our prayer letters, and, uh, and on it was a date and initial of somebody that had prayed for us. And that whole card was all filled up with prayer requests as well as the date and the initials of somebody that had prayed for us. And coming from a far country and saying, man, there's people back in the States that are praying for us. It was good news for us. And it was a blessing for us. It was encouragement for us. And I could imagine Paul sitting there in prison in Rome and, and wondering, man, I've spent my time preaching in Philippi and Corinthian and, and Ephesus and all these other places and all these towns that I went to. But then to hear some good news was probably refreshing to Paul. And it was a blessing, and you can certainly see that as they had invested in that. And as I think about that and, and our investment, uh, I started thinking as well about the gospel as it's being a positive blessing to the lost. And sometimes we think, man, witnessing is a, uh, a chore, or witnessing is a, a difficult thing. Listen, it, it should not be a difficult thing, but rather it should be good news from the heaven to the lost sinner. And we ought to present it as such that, hey, uh, listen, I've got, I've got something that can change your life. I know it's discouraging you to give somebody a gospel track. And they're like, I don't want it. You're like, well, it was a check for a million dollars, but if you don't want it, that's fine. I'll just put it back in my pocket. It's funny how people turn you down first off, and, and it can really be discouraging, but if you think about it, hey, we're trying to give them uh, uh, the opportunity of a lifetime, literally, to accept the Lord Jesus Christ as their own personal Savior and to be saved, and it really is good news, just as uh, Epaphroditus was taking good news to Paul. He was a blessing, and he was a messenger, as Paul called him there. And we ought to be a messenger to the lost. But not only was Epaphroditus a messenger to Paul, I want you to notice that he was a minister as well. Look with me in verse number 30. Paul is saying this about Epaphroditus, because for the work of Christ he was nigh unto death, not regarding his life, to supply your lack of service towards me. When I first read that, I thought, boy, that's kind of harsh. And then I realized, well, it's not that he was condemning them, because they, they, but rather their lack of service because of the distance. And so I looked and I, I was just curious how far Rome was from Philippi, and it was quite a distance, as a matter of fact. And so they simply were not able to minister to Paul. So as a result, they, they cared about Paul. They had invested in the ministry of Paul. And so they wanted, as we see later in the book of Philippians, he said, hey, that you sent unto my needs uh, several times. And so they had invested in the ministry of Paul. And so they sent Epaphroditus to minister unto Paul. We see Epaphroditus, not only the messenger, we see Epaphroditus, the minister, as he's there with Paul, and his, his mission is to help Paul and be a blessing and an encouragement to Paul. And that's what the, uh, the, in Philippi, that's something that they had done. You think about it, that's their, their ministry. 
They had invested. Now, how did Epaphroditus get from uh, Philippi over to Rome? Well, I promise you didn't walk. Uh, it was too far. And, and I'm sure that uh, he probably didn't have the finances just to, to float his own journey. Uh, and I'm sure that the people of Philippi had invested and helped Epaphroditus get to the place where he could go to Paul. And maybe they even sent some gifts or some love offerings to Paul. And, uh, and they had, their investment was in Paul's ministry. And so we find that uh, as we look at this, that's one of the things that they were invested. You know, they were, I'm sure that they were burdened for Paul. You know, you won't invest in something that you're not burdened about. You just won't. And they looked at Paul and they, they knew Paul. Paul had preached there. Paul had uh, witnessed people getting saved there. And, and I'm sure that they were well aware of where he was at. And, and, uh, and they said, you know what? We want to invest. We want to help Paul. Let's, let's take up a love offering. We'll send it to him. Uh, let's help take up some, uh, get some food and get some supplies and get them to Paul. And, and let's help care for Paul. And so they invested in that ministry. They cared about Paul. Listen, their, uh, their investment was uh, an investment of time. It was an investment of work. It was an investment of money. And it was investment of more than just finances. But they had invested time and prayer and, 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 and finances, I'm sure, to send all of that to Paul so much, though, that they gathered a guy and said, Hey, uh, will you go? And Epaphroditus was the one that was able to go. So they invested. You know, when they... When Epaphroditus would come back, they say, Epaphroditus, did Paul like all the gifts that we got him? Did he like the stuff? Did you get? Did you take care of his needs? Did you help him with this? Did you help him with that? And I'm sure that Epaphroditus was happy to bring back a glad report of how he had ministered and how he had helped Paul, and, and it would bring them great joy. Listen, when you invest in something and then you see that return, uh, not the money return, but rather uh, a success of that mission, I'm sure that was a joyous occasion. I mean, nobody wants to invest in something that's going to crash. Nobody wants to invest in something that's going to be wasted. And so Paul was, or the Philippians here, uh, they were joyful because they had invested in a ministry and in an, a mission that had been successful and Epaphroditus returning would bring great joy to their hearts because they had invested in that ministry. Not only the investment... But I want you to see there in verse 26 and 28 through 28 something else. The Bible says there in verse number 26, For he longed after you all and was full of heaviness because that ye had heard that he had been sick. Let me stop right here and let me just say this. They did not have Facebook or Twitter in this time. They couldn't just get online and see what was going on. They didn't FaceTime with Epaphroditus when he was there and say, hey, show us Paul, we want to see Paul. And uh, there was the communication was not that simple. Uh, they couldn't just send an email, uh, and they couldn't even, you know, you got to imagine, even if they were to send a letter, uh, the amount of time that it would take uh, was enormous. I mean, uh, it used to be when you'd send a letter, especially if it was to a, uh, another place, it could take a month for it to arrive. 
I remember learning about missionaries and, and they would be in their mission field and they would send a letter and by the time uh, the people back in the States and some of the supporting churches received that letter, uh, things had already transpired. One missionary, he had written a letter back to his uh, sending churches and by the time it actually got there, his wife had already passed away from a sickness. We're talking back in the 17 and 1800s. That's just how long it took for news to travel. And so you could see that uh, Epaphroditus found out, he's saying, listen, they found out that, uh, that, that Epaphroditus was, was sick and they were worried and they were concerned. They're saying, man, I wonder how it's going to go. They didn't have instant news. They didn't, couldn't pick up the phone and call and they were concerned about it. And we see this, this life-threatening sickness you know what I think that caused them in, in Philippi to do? I believe it caused them to intercede in prayer. We find the intercession that was taking place. And they were saying, their first was their investment. They said, hey, let's send Epaphroditus to check on Paul. The second thing that we see is their intercession as they would pray and they, they, would, uh, they would help by way of prayer. Their intercession. We see the life sickness. Look with me. We stopped in verse 26 there. In verse 27, For indeed he was sick nigh unto death, but God had mercy on him, and not on him also, but on me also, uh, lest I should have sorrow upon sorrow. I send him therefore the more carefully, that when ye see him again, ye may rejoice, and that I may be the less sorrowful. Listen, there's, uh, we see Epaphroditus had gotten sick, and the Bible's very clear, he was nigh unto death. Now, I don't want to be trite by any stretch of the imagination, but I do want to point this out, and I do want us to understand that life-threatening diseases and sickness has been around since the beginning of time. Uh, you look up in the Bible and you find out that, hey, deadly diseases existed way back when. You go back and you can dig up into Scripture and you can find different verses. Uh, I found in Genesis chapter 48 and verse number 1, the Bible talks about Joseph's father uh, being sick just before he died. And he probably died of a sickness. You go back and you read in 2 Kings and you find out that guy, uh, Hezekiah. Remember him? Uh, the prophet came unto him and said, listen, you need to set your, your life in order because you're going to die. And he said, listen, uh, he prayed to God and he said, listen, God, I need more time. And a miracle of miracles, God granted him 15 more years of life. You say, wow. Yeah, because God's in control of all of that. And God's the one that, that handles that. And what I'm saying is, listen, sickness goes way back to the beginning of time. There's always been the threat of disease and sickness and dead, deadly stuff. I remember uh, in Peru being sick. People asked us all the time, were, were you sick a lot in Peru? It was like commonplace. Every other day we were sick. It's like every week we went out, you got sick. No, it wasn't bad sick. I mean, but, but I mean, uh, there's lots of sickness that goes around in you can be in America and get sick. It doesn't matter where you live. There are sicknesses all around the world. And the fact of the matter is, uh, this, was not a, this was a common problem even in Paul's day. That there were sicknesses. And we find that Epaphroditus, uh, he was sick unto death. And I'm sure when they heard about it, as we do. Listen, when people get sick, we get concerned. We pray for them. Intercession. 
And I'm sure that uh, the saints there at Philippi, they were praying, but the Bible says that uh, Epaphroditus was even worried about the people. He said, man, you know, they're all going to be concerned about me because I'm sick. And uh, that was Epaphroditus' idea. It wasn't that, well, I'm, gonna, I'm sick and I'm going to die. That wasn't his concern. His concern was, man, I'm not going to be able to report back to Philippi and, and they're going to be curious about me and they're going to be concerned about my life. And, and you see Epaphroditus' idea in his life, but you can see the intercession that was made. I want you to notice as well that sickness is not always from sin. Look with me at verse number 30 as we read this. It says in verse number 30, Because for the work of Christ, He was nigh unto death, not regarding His own life. In other words, He said, I'm going to serve the Lord, and, uh, and it doesn't matter uh, what, what, what happens, what comes my way. I'm going to be faithful to God. And Epaphroditus served the Lord, and he was nigh unto death. And the Bible's very clear, the reason that he got sick was because of his service to the Lord. I don't know, we don't know exactly what he did. Uh, we don't know, maybe he stayed there in the prison with Paul. Uh, I don't know, maybe he did something else. We don't exactly know what, uh, how he got sick or what the sickness was, but we do know this, that, that Epaphroditus was willing to lay everything on the line for the sake of God. And for his service. I was reminded of this verse in Matthew chapter 10 and verse 39. The Bible says, He that findeth his life shall lose it, and he that loseth his life for my sake shall find it. And Epaphroditus was willing to do whatever God wanted, it, wanted him to do. And the saints back in Philippi said, Man, we've got to, pay, we've got to pray for Epaphroditus. He's sick. He's not doing well. And I, I just think uh, they, they interceded on behalf of Epaphroditus. Listen, when you invest, not only financially and, and, and with um, your labors and with other things, and then you intercede, uh, listen, to be able to hear Epaphroditus come back, and for Epaphroditus to be able to say, man, I was sick, but you know what? I, I started feeling better, and, and this happened, and that happened, and, and some dear saint of God thinking, Man, I was praying for him. And I'm glad that that's a blessing to me to know that, hey, my prayers were answered. You ever get an answer to prayer, it's a blessing. And to be able to hear that person give testimony of that answer to prayer, uh, that, that maybe you prayed for somebody else and, and you saw them, maybe you're praying for somebody to get saved, and when you see them get saved, it's like, man, praise the Lord. I've been praying for that for a long time. They were, and, and it brings joy. Maybe you're praying for somebody else that uh, maybe they're, they've, they've wandered. I think of lots of times of, of moms whose children have wandered astray and their parents will pray for them and pray for them and pray for them. And by the way, don't give up. Continue praying for them because how many times have uh, elder people that have turned their life around and come back to God and, and it's an answer to prayer and many times they would testify, hey, it's because my mom's prayer, she never stopped interceding. We find an investment uh, and interceding will cause joy uh, when God answers that prayer. Listen, God doesn't always answer that prayer right away, and sometimes He doesn't always answer the prayers the way we want to, but listen, uh, He's always listening. And God is a lifeline. Look with me in 
well, you don't have to turn there, but Colossians chapter 4 and verse number 2, uh, the Bible says this in Colossians 4, 2, continue in prayer and watch in the same with thanksgiving. Paul goes on and he says, with all praying also for us that God would open unto us a door of utterance to speak the mystery of Christ for which I also, I also, I am also in bonds. That was to the Colossians. He was not writing to the Philippians, but nonetheless, we see the idea of interceding and praying for other people. Listen, we're, we're good about praying for our own needs. We're good about seeing what we need and saying, well, God, this is what I want, and this is what I want, and this is what I need, and I need this taken care of. But listen, interceding for other people is, is important. And I think the church here at Philippi, the Christians, uh, had in, in interceded for Epaphroditus. Not only do we see their, their investment and their intercession, but I want you to see the intervention of God. Look with me there in verse number 27. For indeed he was sick, nigh unto death. Look at this phrase. But God had mercy on him. And not only, and and not on him only, but on me also, lest I should have sorrow upon sorrow. I want you to notice that uh, they were, uh, there was an intervention that God did. There was something that God did that nobody else could take credit for. I want you to realize how far away uh, they, were. Uh, they were. They were so far away. God had brought Epaphroditus to this place, and, and he was long far away from uh, the, the Christians there in Philippians. And listen, there was nothing that they could do. As I said, I looked it up, how far Philippi is from Rome. And today, right now, on a plane, it would take you 10 hours to fly from Philippi to Rome. I think it was with one stop. That's That's... What it is. Uh, if you were to take a bus, it would be 38 hours. Now, I don't know if you ever spent time on a bus. I've done more than my fair share time on a bus. I used to do 16-hour trips all the, to- all the time from Cajamarca down to Lima uh, on a regular basis trying to get our paperwork squared away. Uh, but I tell you what, I've never done 38 hours on a bus. I've not done 38 hours on a plane, though. I know some missionaries who have traveled, and it was 38 hours for them to get from one place to the next. That's a long trip. May I remind you that Epaphroditus didn't have planes and he didn't have buses. I don't know how long it took him to travel, but he was a long way away from those people. I don't even know how long he stayed. I don't know how long uh, of a, uh, it took to, to mail a letter, but I do know this, as those people were there, uh, they, were, they were thinking about Epaphroditus and thinking, it's impossible, we can't go see him, we can't send medicine, we can't even send a doctor. Uh, we just had heard uh, that he had been sick, and, and I'm sure that they were praying, and, and they were saying, man, I, we feel helpless back here, there's nothing that we can do. And listen, when you get to a place in your life that you're helpless, and, and, and you think, man, there's nothing that... That can be done. Hey, listen, don't give up because God can do stuff that we cannot do. God works in ways that we cannot work. And sometimes God will bring us to that place where we are 100% dependent upon Him because there is absolutely nothing we can do. 
And he'd say, you know what? Now I can work. Now I can do something. Because you'll know it wasn't you. And these people in Philippi, as they interceded and they heard about, uh, about, about Epaphroditus and, and the fact that God had mercy on him and, uh, and his, it turned around and his sickness got better, I could just imagine those people rejoicing when Epaphroditus came back. And they'd say, Epaphroditus, what happened in your life? How did you get better? He'd say, I don't, it was a miracle from God. I just turned the things turned around and I started to get better. And, and, and I could imagine uh, the gladness and rejoicing that it brought to them that God intervened. God can reach, or God can do what you cannot. And God can reach where you cannot. Now, don't be like the little boy who was scared of the dark. Okay, his mom was trying to teach him not to be scared of the dark and, and he told uh, he told, she told her little boy, she said, now, uh, listen, don't be, you don't need to be scared of the dark. And they had a, a basement, and you know, the basement light was in the middle of the basement, and it had a pull string. There was no light switch at the top. That means you had to go all the way downstairs and go to the center, and before you could even see anything, kind of reach out and try and grab that, that string and pull it down. And, and so the mom would tell her boy uh, to go downstairs and get stuff on occasion to try and help him overcome his fear of the dark. And, and the broom was down there one day, and, and she said, Now, I want you to go downstairs and get the broom. It's in the basement, and I want, I want you to know you don't have to be scared of the dark. Jesus is with you. So that boy, he thought, well, okay. So he goes to the stairs, and he goes partway down, and it wasn't long before the mom heard him yelling, hey Jesus, could you pass me the broom? He wasn't getting off the stairs. He was getting too far from the light. Don't be, don't be to that point where we, you know, kind of go that route. But sometimes when we're in a place where really we can't do anything, man, there is nothing like the greatest blessing of watching God do something that you know that wasn't me. That wasn't my wisdom. That wasn't my work. That wasn't my ability. That wasn't my intelligence. That was God. And it's unmistakable as we look at this passage and we think about Epaphroditus and the fact that he was sick and the fact that he was, as the Bible would say, nigh unto death for, for, the, for the sake of Christ and for the work of the Lord Jesus Christ was he sick. And we find that God had mercy on him. God had mercy not only on Epaphroditus, but on Paul as well. Could you imagine how Paul would feel if Epaphroditus had passed away? Whenever guests came to visit us in Peru, I was always very careful uh, to make sure that they did not get sick and we would eat it, uh, make sure that all the places we ate were always good. They weren't places that you would get sick. And uh, we were always very careful to try and make sure. And, and sometimes people did get sick. I had one guy who was a, a good preacher friend of mine and he came to Peru and, and then he was heading to Argentina after he visited us and to visit some other ministries. And, and I found out like two weeks later he ended up in the hospital in Argentina because he had been in Peru. I felt really bad. So Paul was saying, listen, not only for your sake did God intervene, but even for my sake because I wouldn't have wanted Epaphroditus to be sick on my account. And so sometimes God intervenes and He does stuff. And let me tell you something. If you've never had it happen in your life, it is joyous 
It's amazing to watch God do something that we cannot. And I can tell you, He does stuff. He's still alive today. He's still working and he's still interceding, and he's still, or intervening rather, and and still able to do things that we are not able to do. And listen, if we will, uh, if we'll invest, and if we'll intercede, and if we will, we'll let God intervene, I'm telling you, it will bring great joy. Look at what it says in verse 28, as we look at the last thing he says here, or the last part of it. He says, I sent him therefore the more carefully that when ye see him again, ye may rejoice, and that I may be the less sorrowful. Receive him therefore in the Lord with all gladness, and hold such in reputation. Paul was saying, listen, when you see him because you've invested in the ministry, You've invested in, in, in sending him to me and, and you've interceded for him and you've prayed for him while he was gone and while he was sick and then God intervened. Man, when he comes back, is it going to be a blessed reunion uh, that he'll be able to share and he'll be able to testify and he'll be able to tell all the things that have taken place. And I think what a great joy for Christians. Listen, there's nothing quite like watching God work and watching something, uh, yes, yes, we, we uh, invest, yes, we pray, we intercede, and we ask God to do things. But man, when God does something, there's nothing more joyous than watching God work. And listen, God can work, and God will work in our life. If we'll invest and we'll intercede, He'll do the rest. If we'll do our part. And so God wants us to have joy. And I believe Epaphroditus and the people of Philippi and Paul had great joy because of these three things that, they, that Paul wrote about here in Philippians. So I believe that will be a help to us and a strength to us if we do those things. As we stand to our feet with our heads bowed and our eyes closed. Father, we thank you for your word. Thank you for... the blessings of Your Word, the joy, Father, that we can find. God, I pray that You would just continue to help and strengthen us. Father, as we look to You for joy. And God, we invest and we intercede and we spend time in prayer. And God, we look for You to do a job and do a work. And God, we know that You're able. We know that You're willing. God, we're asking that you'd work on our behalf. And God, that we would see our church grow. We'd see souls added, being saved, being added unto the church. God, I pray that you'd help us to see your intervention and see your working and see your hand. God, sometimes we don't always see what you're doing and sometimes we can't always see the the work that you're doing, but God, certainly you are working behind the scenes. God, may we take great joy in the work that you do. And we'll thank you for it. In Jesus' precious name, I pray. Amen. As the piano begins to play, we can take joy in serving the Lord. And joy when God does something.
bring 